So your fantasy league is starting to shake out. You can kind of see who the good teams and bad teams are. And whether you're a middle of the road team, undefeated or haven't won yet, this is the perfect time to be trading. And here are some of the players you should be sending a trade offer for before week four. And let's begin with the Carolina Panthers running back and workhorse running back at that in Miles Sanders. Now Sanders only saw 14 touches in a game where the Panthers got down early against Seattle, but this led to 17 points because of his passing game usage. Look at this, nine targets right here. And pretty quietly, he's seeing an elite role. You could see right here, his snaps have increased every single week from 58%, 61% to 64%. And then his rush attempts elite 75% in week three and a season high 56% of the routes run at the position. We're currently getting the three down workload we were promised, the workhorse back for Sanders and the passing game usage. Because as of this recording, Miles Sanders leads all running backs with 18 targets this season, more than the Christian McCaffrey's, the Bijan Robinson's of the world. And now through three games, Sanders has averaged 19.6 seven opportunities and earned 74% of the running back opportunities for the Panthers. Now he's had some difficult matchups and the Panthers have played from behind, but he's going to be at home against the Vikings, number 31 ranked run defense. And you could put up points and yards on this team. He is somebody you want to acquire before this game in week four. So now's the time to buy Miles Sanders and this next veteran wide receiver. And that'll be Jacoby Myers, the Las Vegas Raiders who missed week two with injury, but in week three, he returned and looked great. He went right back to his usual role. As you can see here on fantasy life, our official data part. 84% of the routes run and he earned 27% of the targets. This is very strong usage despite Devontae Adams being there. And what this strong usage led to on Sunday night football in week three was a good game. 15 and a half points, seven catches, 85 yards and 12 targets. I mean, this is honestly a great game. And here's the deal. Through two games, he's earned 33% of Jimmy G's targets that have been out there. Again, that's with Devontae Adams being involved heavily. That's because nobody else has been involved other than those two. The Raiders are primarily running two wide receiver sets. I mean, look at this. The guy who's third on the team and targets amongst wide receivers is Hunter Renfro and DeAndre Carter with just three. Look at that gap. It goes 37-22. Reminder, Jacoby Myers did not play week two. That's why there's a big gap between Adams and Myers. And then from 22 to three. And in week three with the Raiders trailing big, we actually saw Myers' usage evolve. He got more downfield usage. Now, next up for the Raiders is a road matchup against a division rival in the Chargers who right now have allowed the second most explosive plays of 15 or more yards this season. That is good news for Jacoby Myers. So trade for Myers if you can and then go get this next rookie. And there's a pretty good chance you can get flowers because he hasn't had a blow up game the past two weeks even though the usage has been strong as you could see here he earned 10 targets in week three eight catches 48 yards adds a rush attempt so nine total touches 13 fantasy points it's a solid day but it's nothing that doesn't make him off the table when it comes to trades because in that game he actually led the team with a 33 percent target share double what mark andrews saw he's quickly becoming lamar's favorite target and check out his target shares by the week week one a 50 percent target share was elite then he gets a 15 percent target share in a game where they can run the ball more lamar is doing stuff on the ground mark Andrews return, but in week three, it goes back up pretty quietly to 33% as he runs 100% of the routes. So Flowers is thriving, and honestly, he's benefiting from Lamar Jackson quietly playing MVP caliber football. In week two, Lamar was the number one graded quarterback in the NFL, and in week three, he was top three in quarterback grades and efficiency. He's just doing everything right right now. The next matchup for Zay Flowers is a divisional matchup on the road against the Browns, who have a top three secondary as of right now. So this is a tough spot, but Zay Flowers is being involved in the running game, in the intermediate, short, and deep parts of the field so he can get involved with yards after the catch to find his success. I expect a lot of short area targets in this game specifically with the pass rush that the Browns have, which should help in your PPR and half PPR formats. So acquire Zay Flowers, and this might sound crazy, but please listen to me and let me explain here. But DJ Moore is an interesting guy to buy low on. The first reason why is his value is as low as possible, but his quarterback in Justin Fields just isn't an NFL quarterback right now. Just 99 yards on 22 attempts in the last game. If you watch the game, he just honestly looked bad and he has all season 
season long, and there's a good chance that he's going to be benched in one of the upcoming games. And if he gets benched, as of right now, his backup is PJ Walker, who actually played a decent amount of games with DJ Moore when they were together with the Carolina Panthers. And uh, this is probably an upgrade from what we've seen in the past from PJ Walker. It hasn't been great, but it's been better than what Field has done this season. DJ Moore averages 12 fantasy points and eight and a half targets over 11 career games with PJ Walker. Again, that is consistent production and better production than what Justin Fields has been doing. Now, whoever his quarterback is the next month, it's going to be some of the best stretch of football you'll see in terms of matchups for wide receivers and quarterbacks. The Broncos next week, dead last defense. Commanders is a fine matchup. The Vikings and Raiders are plus and positive matchups. So this is a nice spot over the, la the next month of the season. And you probably already know this, but it's not DJ Moore's fault. It's not like it's a bad quarterback and he's playing bad. No, he just earned 30% of the targets last week. He's still getting open. So target DJ Moore. And if you're finding this video helpful, take two seconds to hit the subscribe button. It'll allow you to see my future content and helps the channel grow. Now, here's a player that we talked about last week, but I just want to reinforce how much of a buy low he continues to be in David Montgomery because he just missed a game with a thigh bruise. It's not a major injury, should be back soon. And this is a very, very good player to be buying. Look, Detroit only earned 115 yards on the ground on 30 carries in week three. They missed David Montgomery, especially around the red zone where Jameer Gibbs was constantly getting stuffed. And Gibbs did indeed have some explosive runs, but for the most part, he wasn't consistent as a runner, like we said, especially in the red zone where he was actually replaced by guys like Zonovan Knight. Now, as a reminder, David Montgomery in the one and a half games that he played before injury, the first game, 77% of the snaps. The second game, he was on his way to playing another 70% of the snaps and seeing top five running back usage through two weeks. In under seven quarters of play, he was earning 38 opportunities in a top 10 offense behind a top five offensive line. This is a great role. Now, in terms of when he'll be returning, he probably would be able to return in week four if they weren't playing on Thursday night football on the road. So I'm not expecting him to play then. Maybe he will by the time that you're watching this. But even if he comes back in week five, which is what a lot of doctors are currently saying on Twitter, well, that's a great spot to buy low because you're going to get him back in like 10 days. So right now his value is as low as it will be because he's not playing. So throw an offer out there for him. And you can also throw an offer out there for Ramondre Stevenson, who we saw some pretty interesting usage in week three from. As you could see here from Fantasy Life, look at his snap counts. He saw season low snaps with 65%. And more interesting, you see the rush percentage went from being 62% of the rushes the first two weeks to just 49%, not even half of the carries in this game. And maybe even more alarming was he saw zero two-minute offense snaps after seeing 18 of 19 two-minute snaps in the first two games. Now, Ramondre still ended up seeing 22 opportunities in a bad weather game against the Jets, but it was Zeke who was actually more involved. Zeke played 38% of the snaps a season high in this game, and he saw 17 opportunities, 87 total yards in a tough matchup. He was efficient, over five yards per touch, and even more interesting, he played all seven of the two-minute offense snaps. Now, this might have been because Ramondre had a drop in a, a third down big situation, so maybe that's why Zeke got some more usage there, some more trust. Like I mentioned, earlier this was Ramondre's role in the first two weeks I expect it to go back to that and that's an important role because it leads to a lot of check down targets overall through three games it's still 71% of the snaps to Ramondre the majority of the rush attempts and by far the majority of the routes run 61% to just 25% for Zeke so I think this is a nice spot to be buying low on him because he is still averaging over 19 opportunities per game which is top 10 amongst running backs now he is going to have some difficult matchups coming up you can see a matchup on the road against the Cowboys and against the Saints at home but even if they fall behind in some of these games, his pass catching ability is going to keep him in any single game environment. And then he starts to get some easier matchups as the week goes on. You can see the Raiders on the road in mid-October. So target Ramondre and this next wide receiver. And that'll be Jerry Judy, who in his second game back from injury, second game of the season, he continued to see good usage. Judy ran 82% of the routes in the second game and saw a 21% target share. Now this led overall to an eight target game where he had a nice game, five catches over 80 yards. He was outshined in this game from Cortland Sutton, who had 11 targets, had the touchdown 20 
20 plus point performance but again it's just two games of them playing together and judy is still not 100 healthy despite him not being 100 healthy he's still running 34 routes a game which is good to see he's out there and he's earning targets now the good thing for jerry judy is that his defense is atrocious teams are going to put up points on them they just allowed the most yards ever to the dolphins in week three which means that russell wilson in this passing game is going to have to throw to keep up so expect seven to eight targets to be sort of like the average for judy this season and next week he gets the bears bad defense another receiver who i like even more than jerry judy a borderline top 12 receiver for the rest of the season is michael pittman who continues to see elite usage now through three games in week three pittman ran 100 of the routes you can see right here he's running 98 of the total routes basically never leaving the field and saw a 27 target share this week he's found success through three games with two different quarterbacks and he turned that strong usage into another nice day 11 total targets nine catches 77 yards a big catch in overtime i mean he's just basically touchdowns away from having these massive weeks that you're seeing other receivers have and here's the interesting thing his targets are highly catchable because they're on average only five yards downfield so he's having easy catches and picking up yards after the catch and this is a big credit to his coach shane steichen who right now has Pittman ranking seventh in yards after the catch entering week three and after week three is actually top five this is not yet updated that's how good his role is just getting easy production right now once he starts scoring touchdowns he's going to be a clear top 10 receiver now i only expect this usage to continue and remain elite because the colts secondary is one of the worst in the league forcing this colts team depending on who the quarterback is no matter who the quarterback is to throw more so consider sending a trade for michael pittman who right now ranks fifth in wide receiver usage through three games and also consider grabbing the fantasy blueprint that over 2,000 people are currently using this year so this is what you get every single day of the week you're going to get a tool whether it's the waiver wires the rest of season rankings projections and rankings for that specific week so you know exactly who to start in your lineups who to pick up off waivers who to trade for and game by game notes these are all updated every single day of the week the blueprint is very simple to get as thousands of people have already acquired it you can join as well by scanning the qr code on the screen or clicking the link in the description below and look it's just five dollars for the entire year and if you don't make your fantasy playoffs as you can see right here this is a hundred percent risk-free i'll just refund the five bucks if you don't make your fantasy playoffs no questions asked so get access to your fantasy blueprint today to use for the rest of the season by just scanning the qr code on the screen or clicking the link in the description below the next player who is a buy low candidate is elijah moore of the cleveland browns because his usage continues to be sneaky good and it was great in week three in week three he caught nine of nine targets so 100 catch rate when you factor in his three rush attempts he had 12 total touches the most of any browns wide receiver this season he caught 100 of his passes the best of any browns receiver this season and he saw 29 of the targets in this game moore has earned targets every single week at an above average rate from deshaun watson in week one he earned 23 of the targets in week two he earned 22 of the targets and then in week three as we mentioned 29 of the targets so he's averaging wide receiver one production i know amari cooper is there but when you start to average 25 to 26 percent of the targets that's up there with like the top 15 receivers in the league we've seen him find success as a rusher out of the backfield in the short area and downfield and with no nick trubb in this offense now it's going to rely more on deshaun watson who actually looked good in week three watson had a bad week two in prime time he had a couple of personal fouls as well so all the narrative was awful around him but in week three he quietly on a game that wasn't nationally televised had a great game averaging nearly nine yards per attempt you can see right here completing 27 of 33 passes that's over 80 percent of his total passes so this is an interesting spot now to buy low on elijah moore as potentially a sneakily wide receiver one in this offense i think the right way to say that would have been to say sneaky wide receiver in this offense not sneakily but we'll keep it now next up is the rookie jordan addison we talked about one rookie wide receiver in this video in zay flowers and this is another one who is honestly emerging right now with the vikings as you can see from my tweet here is the route participation by the week for jordan addison week one he runs 66 percent then 78 percent then 80 percent this is because the vikings are throwing so much they're in games where they're trailing like they were to the Chargers and have to play from behind with a lot of three wide receiver sets which gets the slot receiver in this offense jordan addison on the field more and addison has averaged six targets per game despite being a part-time player still behind k 
KJ Osborne in the offense. But because he plays in the offense in Minnesota, that has thrown the most this year. You can see right here, 138 pass attempts, nine more than any other team. They continue to throw the ball in all situations, whether it's tied, whether they're leading, or whether they're trailing. This is good news to get Addison on the field in three wide receiver sets. So even if he remains as a slot-only receiver, he's still on pace to have 100-plus targets, which means he'll finish as a top 36 option. But there's a pretty good chance based on his college production, his first-round draft capital, and what he's doing right now, earning targets on the limited routes that he's running compared to Osborne, there's a good chance that he actually overtakes Osborne sometime in the next few weeks. And at that point, he has legit upside to earn 8 to 10 targets a game, so trade for him before that happens. Now, the next man up is Calvin Ridley, who in week one, it was all the fantasy goodness. We hadn't seen him in 18-plus months play football, and then he comes in and he goes for over 20 fantasy points on 11 targets. He looks like he's going to be a top 10 option. But then things have slowed down the past two games, where he's only seen nine total targets in these two weeks. And to make matters worse, he's coming off of a game where he only scored seven fantasy points against the Houston Texans team that was down there two starting cornerbacks. So what is the issue with this Ridley usage? Why is he not scoring? That's what I'm asking myself, honestly, when I'm starting to research this, because I have him in a good amount of leagues. Well, let's dive in. Ridley has actually left the last two weeks. At some point, he's missed a drive. He missed a couple of plays with an injury. In week two, he only ran 76% of the routes because of this. And in week three, just 85% of the routes. These are much less than the 91% route rate he saw in week one. So he was just out there a lot more in week one. That's part of it. And he wasn't playing banged up. And then over the past two weeks, he's actually dropped two touchdowns. I don't expect that to continue happening based on how good he is. If he would have caught both those touchdowns, we're looking at him a completely different way. And there's no buy low window for him like there is now. Now, one other issue is the play calling for Trevor Lawrence. He's actually playing pretty good right now, but not putting up great numbers because his play calling isn't good. Doug Peterson gave up the play calling responsibilities this summer, but he's likely going to have to take them back soon because these past two weeks, it has not been great, especially considering the Jags just got blown out despite being nine point favorites against the Texans. Now, Ridley's matchups the next couple of weeks aren't the worst, but they're not the best against the Falcons and against the Bills. But if he is a good wide receiver, he should be able to beat these. And then, oh yeah, two weeks from now, three weeks from now, mid-October, he gets the Colts where that could be a game he scores 30 fantasy points. And two weeks after that Colts matchup, he actually gets the Steelers, which might be a worse secondary than the Colts somehow. So trade for Ridley, who's still a top 10 wide receiver the rest of the season, even though the league owner in your league might not think that. Another guy who falls into this bucket of Calvin Ridley as elite player at the position not producing lately is Darren Waller. But we have to get into this because he's had two brutal matchups between the 49ers and the Cowboys to start his season. And now he's coming off of a matchup against the 49ers on a short week where it only puts up five fantasy points, but he got pulled later in this game because of a blowout. The thing here though, he did earn seven targets in this one. And if we head to fantasy life and break down his usage, specifically the routes run were there. 75% is good for tight ends. This actually would have been closer to 90% if he didn't get pulled later in the game. And he led the team with a 22% target share. So the usage here is still top five, borderline top five tight end numbers. And it's important that we call out in week one against Dallas, it was a blowout. So he gets pulled in the second half and he came into that game banged up. He was very questionable to even play. He only played about half the game. So when you look at his sample of the last two games and really just a game and a half because he got pulled in week three as well, he's earned seven targets per game. And Waller quietly ranks top five still in tight end usage. Zachert, Sam Laporta, George Kittle, and TJ Hawkinson are also up there per route run. Waller is as well with some better matchups coming up on the horizon. Things should start to turn around for him, even though he's as low as he'll ever be to buy him for a trade. So I still would consider Waller a borderline top five tight end as things will only get easier from here on out. Now, Jalen Waddle is an interesting player because he was going in the second round of fantasy drafts. And honestly, if we redrafted right now and he was healthy, he'd probably go there as well. But since he's missed some games and he hasn't produced like people had hoped so far through three weeks, well, he might be able to buy low. And a reminder, his offense just put up 70 points without him. That's how good this offense and the play calling is. But like I mentioned, so far this season, you're getting decent production, 78 yards, 86 yards, but only 12 fantasy points in 12.4. Nothing like the running back performances from Miami last week, the Tyree Kill performances so far this season, which is why maybe people aren't looking as Waller as like a non-tradable piece. Even though, according to player profiler, Waller has averaged 20 and a half yards per reception. This is top five in the league, but amongst players who have as many targets 
as him. This ranks number one. He is the number one downfield option in the NFL as of right now. And if you start to look at his upcoming weeks, I mean, you're getting a lot of good matchups here. You get a matchup this week if he's able to return, which he should be against the Bills. And this has a 55 point total will be the best scoring environment of the week. Then next week he gets a matchup against the Giants is a great matchup. Good matchup at home against the Panthers after that. I mean, he's in line to just pop off for 20 points each of the next three games. Get him before he does that. At least send an offer. And also consider sending an offer for some of these next players who are trending in trades right now. Now, these are the most traded players so far. And I actually want to talk through some of these players. If you should be trading them, if you shouldn't. For Garrett Wilson, I'm fine if you could trade him away, get somebody of equal value. A lot of people don't want to trade him because they drafted him so high, but you're not going to be able to get a second round pick value for him. Raheem Mostart, look, he's somebody that I said to trade away because of the fact that Jeff Wilson is going to return. Now Devon A. Chain's there, but he continues to produce, continues to look good. And so does this offense. You have to get something top 10 valuable for him. Kyron Williams, I don't want to be trading away personally. Najee Harris, I'm okay to trade away. There's just probably not a lot for him. Josh Kelly's window's probably dropping after Austin Eckler returns after the bye. Jerome Ford, I actually do think is tradable. If you can trade him off his 19 point performance where he wasn't efficient and Kareem Hunt will be more involved in future weeks. I think he's still going to be involved, but if you can get some sell high there, it's worthwhile. Same thing for DeAndre Swift. If you can do that, same thing for Puka Nakua. Nobody wants to hear it. I think Puka Nakua is a top 24 wide receiver even when Cooper Cup returns, but if you can trade him as if he's a top 10 receiver, do it because Cooper Cup is going to return and that guy averages 25 fantasy points a game with Matt Stafford. Now, a lot of these other players on this most trending list, I am a fan to buy loan. We talked about Michael Pittman in this video. AJ Brown, we'll see what he does as I record this on Monday Night Football. Josh Jacobs is a buy low. Jamar Chase is a buy low. Damian Pierce is actually somewhat a buy low. I'm probably just a hands-off option here for what this backfield has done behind that offensive line, but the offensive line is only going to get healthier and it looks like the Texans might actually be leading in games now moving forward because of how good CJ Stroud has looked. A very interesting tier of players comes up next on the potential players that are most trending in trades. Brees Hall, yes, his snaps are increasing. Don't love the overall offense environment. He's a hands-off. Isaiah Pacheco is coming off of his best matchup of the year against the Bears, and you still saw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire scoring touchdowns, Jarek McKinnon scoring touchdowns. It's just not the guy that I want to be owning in the backfield. We talked about Waddle. Rashad White, I'm continuing to buy low. A workhorse who is going to have a, a difficult matchup these next couple of weeks, but overall, he's seeing all the passing game and red zone usage in an offense that looks better than expected. Now, this is an interesting tier of players. Terry McLaurin, if you can trade him, go for it. Joe Mixon, I'm actually buying, and Zach Moss, I'm buying. He just had 32 opportunities. Maybe Jonathan Taylor returns week five, but Zach Moss probably doesn't cost you a whole lot right now, especially with Jonathan Taylor looming for a potential return. I want to get him because they've shown both last year when he was a top 20 efficiency back and so far this year that they trust Zach Moss with the full workload, and we might see a trade for Jonathan Taylor or him just continue to hold out, which means this is a potential RB1 every week. For the other guys here, I think Brian Robinson is a very game flow independent back. We saw Antonio Gibson see more snaps, not do anything with them, but see more snaps while the team trailed and Sam Howell looked really bad. That might continue. Alexander Madison off of a big week. I think it's fair to be trading him off of this big week. It was as good of a matchup as it was going to get against the Chargers who allow you to run the ball. And like we know, Cam Akers is currently there. So probably a guy that I'm looking to trade now. So these are the players that you want to be trading before week four while you can still buy them low. Now, the other way to improve your team is through the waiver wire. And this video right here is going to set you up for exactly how you can improve your team. Now, before you go and click on that video, make sure you also hit the subscribe button so you can see all my future content that is coming out.